blow everything that's gone wrong sticks to your soul nobody to confide in you rather sink with the ship and ride it you feel inside about nothing overthinking every word your mouth says i come around in the morning you keep telling yourself whoa What's up, everybody? This is Joel Barsky with Irie Chat. You were just listening to a song called Focus by our guest, Joe Sambo. He's a reggae rock musician that's originally based out of New Hampshire. His album, The Wrong Impression, went to number one in the reggae charts last year, and he's now preparing for his next record. He's currently performing in Key West, and we thought to give him a call just for a chat. Listen to us talk about some of his music influences, an old podcast he used to have, and much more. So enjoy our Irie chat as we say what's up to Joe Sambo. Joe Sambo, what's up? How you doing? What's going on, man? I know we were talking a little off air, but you did move a little bit. So how's the COVID situation been for you? Um, COVID at first, um, I was quarantined in New Hampshire, where I'm from. And uh, it was really hard. And during the summer, uh, there was uh, a lot of gigs going on so I could play locally. It kind of screwed up the summer for touring and stuff like that. But um, luckily in New Hampshire, the COVID numbers were pretty low throughout the summer. Um, everything was uh, socially distanced, but I was able to play every weekend at, the, at Hampton Beach in Hampton, New Hampshire. And um, as things got colder, things started getting a little... Uh, iffy back home and i have good connections down in key west so i have officially moved down to key west and hanging out here also doing socially distanced shows behind plexiglass and stuff but uh i've been able to keep myself busy at least throughout covid well you know i'm not too far from you i think key west is maybe like a two-hour trip for me i would love to try to catch a gig or two dude come on down man (laughs) the water's clear So what venues have you been performing at in Key West? So primarily in Key West, there's a lot of clubs all over the place. So I've been kind of bouncing around, but primarily I'm at a spot called Hank's Saloon. Uh, It's a really cool outdoor venue. Some of the best entertainers on the island play there. Uh, I'm there like four nights a week. And um, there's another place, uh, General Horseplay, that uh, really cool stage inside. Um, it's actually technically outside, but the way it made this really cool, it's almost like, uh, like, uh, I'd say what are those, those like saloon, like clubs, those private saloon clubs or whatever. It's really cool environment, but those two spots in general have been, uh, where I've been playing. Um, but there's places all over the place down here. (laughs) Oh yeah. I've been to the keys a couple of times. I'm actually trying to go down it's my birthday in like a week or two so i'm actually planning a trip down to Kings. oh you have to come down man you have oh, yeah. to yeah yeah I'll you dip- got a place to crash that's for sure <laughs> oh for sure man i guess before you came down to the keys you actually did a drive-in show with the dirty ahead so how did that show yeah. go? that show went incredible um honestly the dirty heads I, besides like sublime and stuff the dirty heads are like one of those bands that like got me into this genre of of music reggae rock hip-hop um oh yeah and so that show specifically was like a pinch me kind of moment being able to do that in my home state and uh have all my friends and family come out and 
it was actually the drive-in environment. Like, obviously I would love it to be a normal show, but it being a drive-in, um, my friends who put that all together, my buddy Mike puts those events together and really it was the way it was organized and how it was set up on like a big hill. And it was like playing in front of a fucking stadium. It was cool. I can't, I can I swear. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, go ahead. Okay. Fuck. Sorry. I'm a, I'm a goofball. <laughs> that show, that show was incredible. It's like, so I, I played solo. Normally I, I would have my band for something like that. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I had performed it solo. So that was probably the most people I played in front of solo. Oh, wow. It was really nerve wracking having like 2000 eyes on me with these two giant projector screens. And I'm like, oh, don't fuck up, don't fuck up. <laughs> Did you get a chance to hang out with the band at all? Yeah, a little bit. And um, so Dave Four, their bass player, he's actually producing two of my new tracks that'll be on uh, my album coming out uh, 2021. So it was cool to catch up with Dave. I haven't seen him since we started working on the tunes. And uh, yeah, it was cool to be able to just hang out with them and reminisce about how I got kicked out of their shows back in the day. And <laughs> it was fun. And I heard that you've been outside of music. You've actually started doing maybe voiceover work a little bit this year. Do you want to share a little bit about that? It's a dream of mine. Put it that way. I've done some voiceover work for commercials, like local commercials back home in New England um, for like car commercials. But mostly I'm singing. I, I sing the jingles and stuff. Okay. But once in a while, they'll need my voice or something. But my dream is to do like voice cartoons. That's okay. what I would love to do. Like what kind of cartoons? Oh, something raunchy and hilarious and something that parents wouldn't want their kids to watch. <laughs> like the- Ren and Stimpy or something. <laughs> I was thinking just the same thing, man. That's the exact show I was thinking. <laughs> this is actually a funny story. About Ren and Stimpy. I wasn't allowed to watch that show when I was a kid, which is why I like loved that show. <laughs> and my dad would never let me watch it when I was young. And he said it was disgusting. And he doesn't smoke weed or anything at this time. Mm-hmm. And he said one time, my, like we, my, my, me and my brothers, my mom were gone. And my dad decided to smoke weed for the first time in a long time. Mm-hmm. And he put on Ren and Stimpy and laughed his oh, ass man. off. He told me this later on in life, and I'm like, "How come you wouldn't let me watch it?" <laughs> well, I would really say funny. that and Rocco's Modern Life were two like cartoons that really would. Oh, classics! Oh yeah, classics! Oh yeah. Well, and we talked a little bit about you being down in Key West. So, what are you down in Key West permanently or just temporarily from New Hampshire? It seems that way. It seems mm. that way, man. I'm kind of sick of the cold. I miss home a lot. I miss my family and all my friends and fanboys up there. But uh, it was time for a change. And this was supposed to be like just at least for the winter. But after I've settled in, it's like, I think I can easily call this island home for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's easy just to like get stuck in there. When Last time I was there, I was there for a couple of days. And I was like, honestly, I did not want to leave. <laughs> it's not Florida, man. Oh yeah, it's it's island life through and through. Oh, yeah. I love it, and it's a small island, so it's been cool to meet everybody on here and like be accepted. And I kind of feel like I'm a conch these days. <laughs> and something interesting I saw is that you are actually on Man versus Food in Key West. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, that was just on a whim. We just haven't been in the right place at the right time. 
So how'd you get on that show? Well, we went, we just went for lunch to this place, Bad Boy Burrito in town. Mm -hmm. Um, Really good burritos. But uh, they were filming Man vs. Food there when we walked in. Oh, man. And uh, I don't know the, uh, I think his name's Casey, the the new host of Man vs. Food. And um, he picked me and my, my, he's actually my video producer, Tyler. um, And he picked us like out of a a group. Hey, you want to be on TV? And I was like, yeah, let's do it. It was pretty funny and spur of the moment. And I just wanted a burrito. But I ended up getting a free burrito and go, being on the Food Network. <laughs> oh, man. Awesome. So are you a big foodie? Because, I mean, I am. And I would love to find like new places man. to eat in Key West. I wouldn't say I'm a foodie. I haven't like claim, claimed myself as a, a foodie. But I love food. And there's a lot of good food down here, for sure. Are there any places you can recommend to me? Oh, dude, it depends what you're looking for, but I'd say go to Drunk Munchies, hmm. Mr. Z's. They got the best uh, cheese steak there is. Oh, it's okay. really good. They got a buffalo chicken cheese steak, too. Dude, oh, man. Dude, it's unbelievable. But that's like drunk food. There's a lot of like really fancy bistros and nice food down here, too. Schooners is a must. It's right on the wharf. Really fun spot. I mean, I like a variety of things, but the most thing I'm always craving for is a burger. Like, I'm always looking for a good burger. Yeah, A solid burger down here. Honestly, oh, yeah. I haven't eaten a lot of burgers down here. Oh, man. I usually end up getting, like, tacos or, or something like that. Or, like, Mr. Z's. <laughs> I would think, like, a lot of seafood would be more popular. Like, I, I've seen, like, a lot oh, of... Oh, there's a bunch. Fish. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've been eating a lot of mahi down here. Oh, yeah. That's got to be the thing over there. Mahi it's my sandwiches. Favorite fish. Oh, yeah. All right. So big and juicy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to talk a little bit about your album that came out. I, I caught that album as soon as it hit number one in the reggae charts. And I'm curious because I know you were doing some touring before that, right before that album released. So, what did you do before you released that album for it to really hit number one in the reggae charts? So, uh, before I released the album, I released a couple singles, uh, one of them being The Wrong Impression, the, it's the title track. And uh, my first one was How We Do. Um, I filmed a video with uh, my production team, Revelry Studios, in New Hampshire. The theme was like being in the wintertime and still wanting to play happy reggae music and pretending it's summer, you know. But that video seemed to catch on pretty quick. Um, when I released that one. And then when I announced my record coming out, it seemed pretty highly anticipated, at least in the New England region and other places I've performed. Um, but I don't know, it, it definitely hitting number one was a surprise to me when that when that happened, but a good surprise. <laughs> so how long was it number one in the reggae charts? Just about a week. That's yeah. good enough. Didn't man. stay there too long, but it was long enough for me to take a screenshot and go, yes. <laughs> hey, there's always a lot of competition over those iTunes reggae charts. It's always like number one album, Bob Marley's, uh, I think it's the legend album or yeah. compilation. So the fact that you can read Bob Marley's been on top for freaking 30 plus years. <laughs> oh man. And I mean, the album's awesome. And so, and you mentioned that uh, upcoming album next year. So can you share a little bit about that? Um, so yeah, I basically, uh, that was another thing I was doing. I forgot to mention during COVID, 
was tracking my next record. And I had this arsenal of songs. I narrowed it down to about 14. And um, I just started tracking at Revelry Studios back in Manchester, New Hampshire. Um, got a great team of musicians to really capture what I wanted and had in my head. And I pretty much, I, listening to the mixes now, it's like, it's come to life. So I'm pumped. It's, it's a lot more personable, a lot more, I'd say, um, mature than my first record. Um, and uh, I feel like people will be able to relate to it, especially after this crazy year. Mm. Um, but I'm very excited to release it. I don't really have any date on releasing it. Um, I'm still trying to figure out if I'll be releasing it independently or on a label or um, it's really hard to know exactly what I'm going to be able to do. Cause I mean, I've got to put out a record and I want to start touring, but at the moment I can't. So um, I guess it's all strategy at this point. I'm trying to figure out what the next move is, but there will definitely be new music out in 2021. Um, if not the album, uh, at least a few singles and, music videos and stuff I hope to be able to put out. And it seems like you really, you know a lot about touring because I've heard that you've actually started touring, I think around the age of 16. So, <laughs> uh, so how did that help you prepare for touring I mean, on your own? Back then I was in, I was in an old, like heavy, hardcore metal band called Spies Like Us. And I mean, it was touring, but like it was just a bunch of jabronis going on the road, being like, "We're on tour," and like playing at a VFW <laughs> somewhere, you know. But I mean, I I did get the experience of road life at a young age, and I'm, I'm glad I got to experience it at a young age, just because it's not necessarily the most fun place there is. There's a lot of nights in Walmart parking lots and sleeping in a smelly hot van, and um it gave me a taste of it at a young age. And, um, and at least now in my life, I'll be able to like, once I'll be able to hit the road again, uh, do it the right way and, uh, take, take those early lessons and put them to use. <laughs> What's the best lesson you learned while touring so early? Um, <laughs> get a Kroger card because you can get 10 cans of beefaroni for 10 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh man that was a lesson oh yeah i bet a lot of people that <laughs> new musicians would definitely take advantage of that that's some, some good advice yeah <laughs> spend spend the 10 bucks on beefaroni and have the extra 10 bucks to put in the gas tank <laughs> <laughs> so i heard that i guess while you were touring with your metal band that's kind of fell in love with reggae while touring with your band so how did you come across reggae music and then just how did you fall in love with it while just performing while in a metal band well um i was raised on a lot of different types of music my whole family's musicians and um, my dad would always play like funk or soul r&b or uh, metal whatever it be like black sabbath i grew, i like listened to it all um and i don't know metal kind of stuck out in my angsty stage of my life my my like teenage years and i just started playing metal and kind of came like naturally to uh gravitate towards those angsty kids in manchester new hampshire and start playing metal shows at uh vfws and having fun like energy release they, all that was attractive but um how reggae came about i'd say was um, 
I just really got on a sublime kick when I was uh, about 17 or 18. Um, I started working at a record store and uh, I started listening to like everything sublime all the time. I started smoking oh, yeah. weed a lot and like Brad Knoll became God. <laughs> and that's how I really got into it. And um, it, it wasn't until later on where um, I got more into like roots reggae um, bands like Steel Pulse and Toots and the Maytels, stuff like that. But Sublime is really what kind of got me sucked into the whole reggae rock world and um, started like chilling out a little bit. Because like I myself, I could relate to Bradley because he grew up in Long Beach, like hardcore scene mm-hmm. or like punk scene. And um, he kind of meshed all his influences in there. And I meet growing up in the hardcore scene in Manchester, even though it's a lot colder than Long Beach, but yeah. like um, I could relate to that, his influences in that way. Um, I think that's why I kind of stuck out. But I mean, that's what, that's what brought it all together. Sublime. Usually that's someone's answer, I think too. And one thing I really thought it's such a big movement that I don't hear too much people mention it is just the influences that Sublime has brought. And I mean, just a diverse range of people, mm-hmm. just everyone of different yes. backgrounds, genders, ethnicities, especially just have been brought together just based on their music. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, a, it's the true nature of a melting pot living in the U.S. Oh, yeah, for sure. And you got a chance to, you know, early in your career, you got a chance to perform with some big names already. We were talking about the Dirty Heads. One person that I'm really interested to know about actually played with Kali Buds. So how yeah. was it like working with that guy? Dude, that was fun. That was a fun night. That was the only time I played with him, but it was in Boston. And uh, it was a booze cruise, like, an, like a big-ass boat. I think it was called the Provincetown 2 like, boat shuttle. and they packed in all these people pre-COVID, packed it all in, and it was a party, man. That was like one of my favorite shows that summer. Uh, Kali was the man, nicest dude ever. His team was really cool. His band was top-notch. Like it was sick. It was a sick show, man. But uh, it was really cool being on a boat, and like the boat was rocking while we're playing, and I'm like, <laughs> it was fun. It was really fun. So are there other artists out there that you would like to collaborate with? That I'd like to collab with. Mm. Or tour with? Me, I would love to tour Kali Buds. Um, honestly, I want to tour with like my homies. My, my homies, the elevators. They're like, literally, the, the people are, that are closest to me, I always put on this pedestal okay. of like, wow, it's, a, it's achievable, you know? Mm-hmm. And the elevators, they're like my best buds and seeing what they've been able to do the last couple of years. It would be just fun to tour with my homies. Like, that's what I would like. That'd be really fun. But um, I don't know. Like, I guess you guys, you haven't really heard my new stuff. And my new stuff isn't necessarily straight reggae. There's a lot of different influences, one being soul R&B. Mm-hmm. So, like, I got this fascination with sometimes, like, mixing it up with a band like soul live or lettuce or like something funky i would love to collab on some funk dude that's that's my that's my shit right there 
And I heard that you're actually really into podcasting so much so that I think I saw that you actually had a podcast a while back. <laughs> so what got you into podcasting? You did your research. Um, honestly, just listening to podcasts. I feel like anyone who can get into the, like, the whole podcast world, you're like, I want to start a podcast. So me and my old roommate, Vinny, we started a podcast called the uh, Joe and Vinny Podcast. Like, <laughs> that's it. And it was literally us just getting stoned and being stupid and making fun of our other roommate, Dante, because <laughs> it was just fun. It was silly. But uh, I, don't know, I think my podcasting days are over besides getting interviewed on them like now, <laughs> but but like hosting one. I don't know. Vinny, Vinny would have been a perfect host. I don't know. I, I hate hearing myself. <laughs> I'm going to even watch this and cringe being like, shit. <laughs> so what podcast are you really into um honestly right now actually i was mentioning soul live um krasno from soul live he has an awesome podcast called plus one podcast Mm -hmm. um he interviewed he's interviewed people from john mayer um to like alan stone uh the dudes from wolfpack uh just recently, there was one, uh, Bella Fleck. He's a world-famous banjo player. And uh, it's just really cool because uh, I've always been into, like, everyone, like, listens to Rogan and all these, like, weird, crazy, introspective thinking ones. And I went through that phase. But now it's, like, it's it's cool to hear a music podcast that isn't, like, just music playing, but musicians just talking about um, either the business or, like, their creative flow and h- how they work in the studio. and um, Right now, plus one with Krasno is like my favorite podcast for sure. I'll have to check it out. I'm always going through different podcasts, especially when I do research. I'm always going through a, a variety of podcasts. And every once in a while, I'll come across like just a new podcast that I'm like, wow, this is you know, not a podcast that's like in the top 100 in the, in the podcast charts. And it's actually a really yeah. good podcast. Yeah, for sure. It's refreshing because everyone can jump on that rogan train or oh yeah uh or like the the uh what's it uh radio lab and stuff like that which are all great podcasts yeah. i still listen to rogan you know but uh like you were saying like it's cool to discover something a little underground and be like huh yeah like 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 find like something that itches your niche you know oh, what yeah. i'm saying yeah that's what i feel like i found with this this new one plus one podcast for sure those Joe Rogan podcasts are really long too. Like every yeah. point through like every episode's like two, three out, sometimes four hours. I'm like, how yeah. can you hold a conversation for four? It's long. It's long. And I would listen to them all, all the way, like when I would landscape at home before I was touring and stuff. Um, I'd be on the lawnmower and just have my headphones in, and I'd listen to like three of them while I'm working. Oh yeah. And the guy pops out like three episodes a week, like Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday. I mean, I can see why he's number one and like always in the podcast <laughs> charts, but I don't know how someone can make that time to, you know. To yeah. It's crazy. Man. And another podcast I actually heard that you're really into is the Aubrey Marcus podcast. And it's actually yeah. helped you in a lot of ways. Do you mind explaining how that's helped you? Um. So... I actually discovered Aubrey, uh, Aubrey Marcus through 
the Rogan podcast, like most probably have. But that one is one of those very introspective thinking ones and like personal. Um, and I, like people who know Aubrey Marcus, like bring up like, oh, he's like, you only like him because he's a hallucinogenic advocate and he's like into doing LSD and DMT. And it's like, yeah, no, like it's honestly less about that. It's more of like trying to learn about yourself and understanding oh, yeah. your who you are and your thought process and um, how people perceive you and how you perceive yourself and all that in introspective thinking. It, uh, it, I think it's good for everybody. And uh, like I was saying before, like sometimes I just want to listen to the Bill Burr podcast and hear just funny shit. But uh, when you like everyone, I feel like should could get something out of listening to that podcast. Um, his guests specifically are really interesting and then yes. like make you think a little bit, you know, I recently just started getting into the Aubrey Marcus podcast. I'll say that's one show that I'll say that has interesting guests. I mean, yeah, love for sure. conversation, but he has like some really interesting guests on there. Yeah, he does. And I mean, I saw a posting like that you posted of, I guess him talking about like just loving yourself too. Like you can't really expect people to love you if you don't, you know, fill yourself. With yeah. I thought that was like yeah. a really, strong words and I, that's the first time I've absolutely like that um and well that's the thing and i feel like a lot of people can relate to that this year you know it's like spent being quarantined for half the year and it's like you kind of have to kind of look inward and understand yeah. more about yourself and you have to love yourself first before you can love anything or anyone else and uh it's important it's important for sure and that's why i shared that you know because I don't know. I don't know if I'm crazy thinking that way, but I think everyone should love themselves for sure. That's one of those things. And I was just pondering too, until I actually saw that video. It's one of those things like you think about, but when you hear someone else kind of say it, just like, okay, this confirms it, that what you yeah. were thinking is real. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Because well, yeah, like you, like if you just think of it yourself, may not think of it as like well it's like whatever you know yeah but if you hear someone else say it and be like yeah okay for yeah. sure i'm not crazy <laughs> yeah i'm not crazy <laughs> it's okay to love yourself yeah <laughs> and with your a lot of success in your career i've heard you give a lot of props to your team so how has your team really helped your career in music um so i have an awesome band um, and an awesome group of guys doing all my production work and video work. Um, Revelry Studios, they're located in Manchester, New Hampshire. Um, they've been kicking it for like three years now. Um, some of their first work was with me. And um, we've just been able, we were just all very like-minded, motivated cats in Manchester, New Hampshire, middle of nowhere. And um, we just thought, uh, we vibed instantly and started creating content that we all were proud of all brought something to the table. I call it a brain tornado. We, we met and so many ideas were just thrown out and we're like, yes, yes. Like constant and being in that like motivated environment. Um, it's awesome. I can't like, I mean, I got some talent I can sing, but without my team, like the album that I got, first of all, without my, uh, team the video that I got like 
uh, it wouldn't exist without any of them. So I make sure to give them as much props as possible. And my band, my, uh, my guitar player, Quincy, uh, Dave Petty, and my drummer, Marky King plays bass. Like I got the greatest, most talented people on my side and it makes me really happy. That's why I give them props all the time. Oh yeah. Yeah. You definitely I'm a do. lucky duck. <laughs> Yeah, and you're a very humble guy to me because I mean, I've heard you mention before, you give a lot of props to your team. So yeah, that's, you know, you can't forget about the people that really, you know, help you in your career. Absolutely. All right. Well, Joe, we're at a recurring segment in this podcast called Self-Reflections. So this question is, what's the best thing you learned about yourself during this past year? The best thing I've learned about myself is that um, it's possible. You can do it it's possible. Like whatever the it is, it's possible. It's, you just got to put in the work and care about yourself enough to make it happen. I didn't think I'd be living in Key West this year. You know, now I'm living in a beautiful place, playing music in front of people, even though it's behind plexiglass, but I get to do some sort of performance that can give me my nut and make other people happy. And, you know, I'm a lucky guy. And uh, I guess the self-reflection is like, if you want to do it, just do it. Whatever it is. Do Always. it. Love it. Yeah. Do it. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going <laughs> to go less, kind of key Less with. even Steven's guy do it, but more like, just do it, dog. <laughs> yeah. Well, one thing I got to do is come down to Key West. Man. I wasn't kidding about I am planning a, a trip down to Key West a week or two. So I'm going to look up a show. And, In a week or two? Honestly, yeah. dude, come down. Yeah. 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 I don't care if it's a plexiglass. As long as I get a chance to see you perform, I'm good. Dude, we're going to party. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Since we're wrapping up, is there anything you want to share with our listeners? Um, That I love you all. Thank you for having me on here. And uh, I hope. You guys can check out my new record when it's ever available next year. And just follow me on everything, Instagram, Facebook, Joe Sambo Music on everything. And uh, I appreciate your time. And go down to the Keys and catch a show. Come party in the Keys. <laughs> awesome. Everyone awesome. should. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Awesome. All right. Well, Appreciate this conversation. It's awesome and pleasure to talk to you. But Joe Sambo, thank you so much for joining us in Irie Chat and best of luck on everything. Thanks, Bob. I appreciate it. We'll never be so cruel if we only shot through one mind and society. We'll never be Our Irie Chat with Joe Sambo. Make sure to follow him on all his socials. You may find more information in the show notes. Please rate our podcast and let us know what you think of it. I hope you stay safe with everything going on right now. Keep yourself occupied. Go ahead and catch your chats on YouTube as well. To end this episode, I thought I'd play one of my favorite songs from Joe Sambo called The Wrong Impression. Thanks for listening to our Irie Chat, and I'll see you soon. Because I